Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to my second podcast in this series on retirement and investments. And for those of you who listened to the first one, thanks. I know you've got busy schedules and you took some time out of your day to listen to my podcast, and I appreciate that very much. Just to review, the first one was about the basics on retirement accounts, 401ks, 403bs, 457s, and of course, IRAs, both the traditional and the Roth. Now, where I left off at the end there was with the Roth IRA, and there's a couple of things I just didn't have time to mention, and that was the backdoor component on the Roth. And basically, what that is, for those of you who do not qualify to put money directly into a Roth IRA, that's $6,000 per year with an after-tax contribution, okay, you can execute what's called the backdoor. And all that means is you can put money into the Roth with a few extra steps. By that, I mean you find an institution where you don't have your assets managed, a new place, and you go ahead and open up a traditional IRA and you put $6,000 in cash. Then you open up a Roth IRA at the same institution, and then you move that money from the traditional to the Roth. Now, that is taxable. We don't invest the contribution of $6,000 into the traditional before we move it to the Roth. The reason being is, anytime you execute a backdoor, and more broadly known as a conversion, It is taxable, so you have to be careful, all right? Also, with the backdoor Roth IRA, you want to make sure that there is going to be some advantage for you other than just the tax-free withdrawals on the back end. You have to leave the money in there for five years before you can take the tax-free withdrawals. So for those of you who are doing your taxes and are considering some type of backdoor component, it might not be a bad idea to seek a tax consult from a professional. Now, if you don't execute a backdoor IRA, which of course you can contribute $6,000 a year, you might want to consider the mega backdoor through your employer. A lot of times through your plan at work, your 401k for example, they don't advertise that they have the mega backdoor option, so you might have to do a little bit of homework. But a lot of plans these days will allow you to put up to $40,500 per year of your traditional 401k assets, that money that you put in pre-tax. Okay, You could take up to $40,500 starting this year and move that money into the Roth component at work. All right, It's called a mega backdoor Roth. Again, mega because instead of $6,000 per year, it is $40,500 per year starting this year. Last year, it was $38,500. So these things are always changing. The rules around retirement account funding are always changing. And much like the Roth IRA backdoor component, please seek a tax consult before you go ahead and execute this. Make sure it's worth your while. All right. So you want to see how much you'll have to pay in taxes in the year you decide to convert or to execute a backdoor. You also want to see how much time it is you have before you're going to withdraw. Again, the money's got to sit in there for five years. So not only do you want to 
execute the back door, but you want to make sure the investments grow such that it's going to outpace any tax liability you might incur as a result of this back door. Now, just briefly, the back door is a component of a strategy called a conversion. This is not a rollover. This is different. A rollover occurs when we take our traditional 401k, for example, and roll it into an IRA at an institution of our choice. We left our employer. We're going to take our money with us. So you execute a rollover. That's not a taxable event. Okay. A conversion or a backdoor is the taxable event. So anytime you see conversion or backdoor in the literature or when you're listening to a seminar put on maybe by the people who set up your 401k plan at work, for example, or you watch a webinar online, know that the conversion should trigger in your mind a taxable event. And that's it. That's it for the structure of the accounts. Again, 401ks and IRAs. And I'd kind of like to spend the rest of my time on brokerage accounts because here's the thing. Investing for retirement as well as for other goals that we have in life, and I call them interim goals, meaning anything we want to do before we're 59 and a half, buy a home, buy a car, take a nice vacation, send kids to college, whatever that may be, we can use brokerage accounts for this option. And a brokerage account is an old school investment account. Some institutions call them general investment accounts, but at the end of the day, these are taxable investment accounts. So whatever you put in, that's great. Take money out of your checking, savings. You could put in, take out whatever you want out of this account. But know that any gains you incur, whether you're using mutual funds or stocks, doesn't matter. Okay? This is a taxable account. You will get a 1099 at the end of the year. And the taxes that you will pay on this account are long-term or short-term capital gains, dividend income, and interest income. Very quickly, the capital gains component is pretty simple. If you have a position, let's say an individual stock position in this account, and you've held it longer than a year, you'll be hit with long-term capital gains, which is 15%. If you held that same position under a year, under a 12-month period, you're hit with short-term capital gains. And that's 20%. Dividend income is 15%. Okay. If you're using mutual funds or ETFs, believe it or not, because you have a basket of stocks, and I'm going to get to those investments in subsequent webinars, as well as podcasts, but you're going to have a combination. So you'll have a little bit of long-term, a little bit of short-term, and you'll have a little bit of that dividend income tax to pay. Now, we can minimize the tax liability in our brokerage account by choosing funds or individual stock positions, but let's just focus on funds for a second. Individual mutual funds or exchange-traded funds with what's called a very low turnover ratio. Again, I'll stress that phrase, turnover ratio. What that means is the money managers on your fund are not doing a lot of buying and selling in any calendar year, which triggers the capital gains component. So if they're not buying and selling a lot of stocks, you'll have gains 
but minimal tax liability. And for those of you who like to do some research, you can Google the turnover ratio on the fund you're looking to invest in. All right. And it's stated in percentages as many things are in the investment world. So if you find a fund, for example, that has a 35% turnover ratio, that means that the money managers who run the fund have turned over, bought and sold at least 35% of the assets within the fund. That's going to trigger a higher tax liability. Quickly, on index funds where the fund invests whatever's in the index only, the tax liability is going to be low or the turnover ratio is going to be low because the indices don't change that much. So you can pick and choose. Please go after performance. You want to find the fund that fits your risk profile, meaning basically what you can stomach at the end of the day. We don't want you losing sleep over investments. We don't want you worried about the investment choice that you have made. So do what is comfortable for you. And hopefully you've taken some time to self-educate so that you're more familiar with not only the performance, but tax liability and a few other things I'll get to in subsequent episodes. Because I would like to dive more deeply into investment choices and then, of course, asset allocation and those things. But basically, we've got, again, just to review... We've got retirement accounts, money we can't touch till we're 59 and a half, 401ks, IRAs, and we have the brokerage account. Now, one of the thing about, or one of the things rather about the brokerage account as well, me personally, I like to see people set up a time frame before they make an investment. Meaning, look, you could put in or take out whatever you want with these accounts. Yes, you will be hit with taxes. That's just the way it goes. But when we establish a time frame, that will allow you to narrow the number of choices out there in the marketplace for yourself. So, for example, if you're saving to buy a home, okay, and you know you're not going to buy the house for the next three to five years, well, you can temper your approach or choose the right investment to help you achieve that goal of buying a home in a three to five year window. That probably means you're not gonna be super aggressive with your resources, all right? Index fund growth, you're just going after averages in the market. Set it and forget it. Again, index funds invest just what's in an index. The S&P 500, the Russell 2000, the NASDAQ 100, so on and so forth. Most platforms these days offer a myriad of choices in and around index fund investing. But it is crucial that you view these investments through the lens of your time frame in brokerage accounts. Now, if you're using stocks, it's kind of the same thing. But I'm going to assume if you are investing in stocks, you've got a little bit of experience. At least I hope you do. You know, we just don't want to throw money at the market and assume that the investment will grow over time, all right? Stock picking is a little bit different flavor of investing. It takes a little more time. It takes a little more knowledge. So ask yourself, how long do I have to invest? Again, that time frame. And also ask yourself, how much time do I want to spend on my investments? If you like it and you're going to spend more time, wonderful. Pick stocks. Pick funds that might require a little bit more of a focused approach on your investments. Now, I'm not going to get into the 
specifics of these funds on this podcast. Again, I'm going to save that for subsequent episodes because I'd like to get a whole lot more granular on that front. All right, so we'll just keep it to the types of accounts that you have available to you today. Retirement, 59 and a half money, brokerage, anything you want to do with it before you're 59 and a half, after you're 59 and a half. Again, buying a home, pay off student loans, buy a house, buy a car, take a nice trip. That's where this money comes into play. All right. Also, I would say invest in a brokerage account with the understanding that you will pay taxes. So just be prepared. That's it. That's all I've got. And I'll tell you, please review the first episode if you haven't. If this is the first one you've listened to, again, thank you very much for listening. Listen to that first one to get more of an understanding on the retirement account side. And as we go forward through these episodes, I can't stress this enough, we will dive much deeper into investment choices. So it will be episodes on mutual funds, what they are and how they work, exchange-traded funds, again, what they are and how they work. We'll also discuss asset allocation in great detail, which, by the way, goes to time frame as well. So all of this stuff ties in together, even though I'm splitting them up amongst different episodes. Now, please check me out at touchstonefinancialeducation.com. And if you like what you hear or you have some questions going forward, please shoot me an email. My contact information is there at the bottom. And here's a shameless plug. If you have some specific questions in and around anything that you are doing for retirement or investing in general, you can send me an email and we can set up individual coaching sessions. Like I stated in my first podcast, I'm not here to manage money. This is an objective third-party look at what you're doing or providing you education around what you're doing. This is all about you for you. What do you need out of this? And because I'm not selling any financial product, it is completely objective and I like it that way. Thank you for listening. This is the second in my series. Again, please check me out, touchstonefinancialeducation.com. And I look forward to any comments you might have. And I'm also looking forward to putting together the third in this series. So love to hear from you. Have a wonderful day or evening. And again, thank you for listening.